All right, what's up, guys? Mills 15, Return of the Maverick. My name is Maverick. Um, I was in Boani, Gaza province, uh, right between Namasha and Maputo. So I was probably about an hour and a half, maybe two hours from Maputo. Yeah, I wasn't the closest, but I was like the second closest, I think. I was an education volunteer teaching biology. Um, and yeah, I'm excited to be here. For anyone that doesn't remember you, can you briefly describe who you were about 10, 12 years ago? <laughs> well, hell yeah. yeah. So anybody that was there out of the bunch, I was the one of two guy, two black guys that was in our group. And I was the one that was straight. <laughs> so if I didn't stick out, if you don't know who I am, then I don't know. Maybe you weren't in that group. Um, that was something that was rather distinct about who I am. So, yeah, that's that's who this is. And 60 seconds or less, I'm going to time you. Uh, Ariel started the precedent that, that it yeah. is timed. Uh -huh. What have you been up to in the last 10 years? All right. Last 10 years, I've had a lot going on. Father now. I have a wife, two kids, uh, two boys. Um, I work in international development. I manage grants. And uh, yeah, I live in the Maryland area. 15 seconds, new record. Would you do Peace Corps again? Would I do Peace Corps again? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I wouldn't do it like again at this age, but if I could go back and talk to a young age, oh, I messed up. Well, yeah, I guess my name's Eddie now. This is Eddie. If I can go back and talk to Eddie. I can cut that out if you want. Can we start over? I'll just say I'm Eddie. Return to the map, I'll just say Eddie. Is that possible? <laughs> Yeah, we'll just go with it. You want to actually start over or just roll with it? Yeah, let's start over. Let's just... I think kind of fits you, you know, because you were like a mysterious guy. You know, there's there's I a was? lot of mystery around you. And I think this kind of, it fits oh, well. Oh, shit, let's keep it. Yeah, yeah let's, let's keep, keep it. it. Let's keep it. Let's keep it. All right, cool. So, yeah, if I can go back, yeah, I would definitely tell uh, myself to do Peace Corps. Uh, I, I knew nothing about it going into, uh, going into it. Um, it was pitched to me as, you know, we really want you to go. We don't have... Um, too many people with your background in the group. And it literally was a last second. So this is a recruiter, a, a Peace Corps recruiter. Yep, I got recruited. So I, I joined like a year after college. So I graduated Morehouse, biology major. I know I didn't want to go into research. Um, I took the MCAT. I wasn't sold on going that direction. And so literally I was like working at Quiznos, hanging out with my friends and um a recruiter that I had met on campus before I graduated kept reaching out to me. And he was like, we have this last group. If you want to go, uh, you, uh, we got, uh, we got this place. You think you really will like it. And he kept pushing. And I said, you know what, F it, let me see what it's about. And I started applying and literally I was dragging my feet the whole way, hoping that it will fall through. And he just stayed on my case and kept pushing me, kept pushing me. And, um, I don't know. I don't want to feel like I'm talking too much, but I tell people this story often that um, I knew so little bit about Mozambique that when I first got the invitation, uh, I told everybody that I was going to Madagascar. I knew <laughs> M. Longworth. And so there was a movie that came out, Madagascar, that was really popular. And so I just was like going around like, okay, I'm going to Madagascar, I'm going to Madagascar. And then my mother looked at the invitation and she was like, fool, you going to Mozambique. And I was like, what the hell, what, what is that? And that happened like, I, James, no lie, I tell you, it was like two weeks before it was time for us to fly out. Like I really was just believing in, you know, the cosmic energy that was pushing me in that direction. And 
I just leaped. And I had been to Africa before. Um, I had been to Egypt and I really had a Egypt, or I like to call it Kemet. Um, had a really powerful time there. And so I really wanted to get back to the continent. So it didn't really matter where in Africa I was going to, you know, make the best of it. Can you think of three words that best describe your experience? I think unique, self-discovery, and challenging. What interest do you have now that would be most surprising to yourself, us, 10 years ago? I think it's just the fact that I've like come back around full circle into international development. So um, I, when I got to Bawani, there's a volunteer there before me who read a ton of books and he left them all behind. And so not having TV or really any form of entertainment, all I did was like smoke weed and read all day. And so there was a book called Economic Hitman that really stuck out to me. It really piqued my interest in uh, international development. And I recently joined um, an agency where we manage international development grants. And it's kind of come full circle for me, um, having been a part of a USA grant while we were in Peace Corps. What do you miss most about Mozambique? I miss the way Mozambique has approached time and our place in the universe. I like the, I miss the community, the feeling of how, how things felt when it slowed down. Um, you know, the, there, there wasn't as much urgency, but I think uh, if I could pick one thing for sure, the community aspect, I feel that's something that I, I miss here um, as well as going to like, like Aria said, the, the, the markets, that was awesome. I miss the food and just walking everywhere. We couldn't drive. And so I got into really good shape just walking around. What do you miss least about Mozambique? <laughs> uh, the shoppers trying to catch a bus. I think those were the hardest things to get used to being like cramped in tight places when you're trying to tra trying to travel. Um, difficulties in communicating. Um, literally before I got to Mozambique, I didn't know any Portuguese. I, I had taken some Spanish classes, but I was extremely unfamiliar with the language. Um, and so it, it was really hard to communicate. I remember my homestay, uh, parents were always trying to like give me a bath. And my homestay mom was always trying to give me a bath. And it took me a while to be able to communicate actively without like aggressively pushing her back or like waving my hands in her face uh, not to give me a bath. So just the, the language was a challenge. So how many baths did she give you before you could finally stick up for yourself? Two. I'm not going to lie and say I got past the first one. The first one for sure happened. So um, for those who don't know me, like I'm, I, I would consider myself a pretty big guy. Uh, you know, I'm not like super tall, but around six feet, uh, broad shoulders. And so uh, when when we got selected with our homestay family, <laughs> they kind of handed me off like a prize cow. It felt like, and so my homestay dad grabs my hand and he walk. He's walking me all the way back, back to his his house. And people are like, "Whoa, that's a big one you got there. It's a big guy." And he knew a little bit of English. So he was like, "Yeah, big son, big guy, yeah, big big son." And so when I arrived there, he like handed me off. And before I could go inside the house, uh, his his wife grabbed me. And like pulling me back towards like the pig pen, which is across from the showers. And that that was the first, uh, yeah, first bathing. But after that, I, uh, that was the first thing I looked up in like the uh, the translation dictionary. <laughs> <laughs> I could watch myself. All right. What are what are some things you used to do a lot in Mozambique that you either never or rarely do now? <laughs> All right. PC. 
uh version of this one. Uh let's see. Um just like like whenever I didn't feel like doing something, just putting it all down. Um I was really comfortable, especially after my second year with like moving around and doing things that interested me and kind of, uh, you know, setting some of my responsibilities aside. And so I, I feel like I don't do that as much now. Um, I feel like I'm very family oriented. So I do uh, take pride in really trying to provide for my family and uh, make sure they have a bright future. And so I'm willing to take a little bit more, a little less selfish time, I would say. I'm not saying that's bad to take selfish time. We all need it. But I take a lot less time now. Uh, with that than I did in Mozambique. Where are you living now? And give us uh, as precise of a location as you feel comfortable. I'll, I'll say Columbia, Maryland. There we go. We'll say Columbia, Maryland. I just got back uh, last week from Bangladesh, actually visiting one of our grants. And uh, <laughs> it reminded me, so it's, it reminded me how you know far away from being a Peace Corps volunteer I was. Because it took me a while to get some of my Peace Corps chops back into like being in a foreign environment and moving around. Um, but yeah, I live in Colombia. How many times did you get crippling diarrhea? Not much crippling diarrhea. Plenty of shits, plenty of shit stories, but not like crippling diarrhea. There was one time where I got like super sick. Um, I think it might have been from food poisoning. And I um, literally just like disappeared. I didn't go to work, I didn't go off my usual walks. And this is like, I think around the end of my first year and I was just in the bed, just hurting. And uh, my neighbor actually broke in to my house. Literally, she like forced her way in. And she was like, are you okay? I was like, I'm all right, just let me get through it. Um, and she forced me to eat and I ate. And then I started feeling better like the first or second day. Um, and that's, you know, that goes back to the community aspect that I miss. Yeah, so that's when I was feeling probably my worst but no crypto i have a similar story we'll have to wait who was the last pcv you saw a peace corps volunteer you saw excellent because you know i was thinking uh, when i listened to the interview you had Arya, i was thinking um who would interview you and it's obvious force would be the best one just because you guys had such good energy uh back and forth and he was actually the last volunteer that i saw i believe it was maybe a month ago we talked, reconnected, same vibes. We we're both, you know, I think we connected because I feel we both relate to being in the wind. So I find it kind of interesting that you said that I was mysterious, uh, which I, 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 you know, I think I can get now. But uh, yeah, we, we linked up, had some good barbecue, drank a little bit and talked for a while. So he was the last volunteer, I believe, that I spoke with. Yeah, from our group, it was uh, it was forced. But I also ran into Lucas, who was one of the Peace Corps volunteers that we trained after us. And he uh, he actually works. We work in the same agency. And he um, he recognized me even with my mask on. I think he might have saw my name on like a list or something. All right. When was the last time you text, spoke, or saw a Mozambican? Mm, I'd probably say last month or a month before that. I've kept pretty good ties with uh, some people in my home state village um not as much as i used to it is beginning to fade uh, my homestead brother is actually here in america now he got married uh i don't keep his she as much in touch with him but like his sister and then a couple people in bawani um i managed to maintain some form of communication with where they could reach out to me anytime so i say last time i'd be like two 
two months ago. So now uh, we we kind of failed round one of rapid fire, but that's okay. That's all good stuff. Oh, round I, two I, of rapid I, I fire. I went too fast. I I, I was uh, talking over time. No, 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 no. You know what? I'm keeping it all. Okay. All right, uh, how many first dates have you gone on since you left Mozambique? First dates? Yep. Uh... <laughs> Zero, tens, hundreds, thousands. Let's just get an, uh, yeah, you know, the correct under, order of magnitude. 120 for sure. Like I met my wife pretty early after returning back. So when I came back, I was super odd. Uh, I came back. Um, I, I wanted to drive on the left side of the road. I, I got overwhelmed in the grocery store. You know, I got to a point where you know you're dreaming in Portuguese. So when you want to speak, you want to speak in Portuguese. Um, I didn't really have any direction in particular I wanted to take in life. Um, and so like she really helped me kind of adjust and get you know back to the. You know, the American side of things. Had a lot of jobs here and there before I finally, you know, got my footing. Um, so, yeah, under 20 for sure. How many marriages? One. One marriage. Divorces? None. None, none, none. Good. Offspring? Offspring, two. Two lovely boys. Ages? Two. Both born in the same month. Um, two and 12 months. So uh, this would be one year for my uh, youngest. So right at the start of the pandemic, the baby started coming. How many cats do you have? No cats. How many jobs have you worked since you left Peace Corps? I would say probably six or seven. How many cities have you lived in? Uh, three. And did you live in any other countries? No. Uh, no, no. I stayed here. Okay, what was the funniest thing that happened to you in Mozambique? That's such a hard question. I feel like no matter what I say, somebody's going to be like, that's not the funniest thing that happened to Eddie or to Secret, the return of Maverick. Um, I don't I don't have a funny story I could think of off top, man. I, I feel like the whole, the whole experience was funny to me just because we were all were just so like free-spirited and so different. Oh, you know what? I do have one. Um, and this has happened literally before we landed, like all, before we took our feet and touched the ground in Mozambique. So um, <laughs> we, we all were freaking out um, the day before we, we flew out. And I was sitting next to this uh, lovely young lady. Uh, I'm not going to call her name just in case she doesn't want to be put on blast. Um, and I didn't know her. She was from somewhere in, in middle America. She's in Mo's 15er, though. This isn't a random yeah. civilian. No, Mo's 15er. Mo's 15er for sure. Tall is giving a hint of who she might be. Tall, um, very athletic. Actually, is really good at basketball. Um, and so I'm sitting next to her, and I'm thinking to myself, wow, I'm coming back to Africa. I'm going to be here for two years. Um, I've only been in like a, a short time for Egypt. And, uh, you know, this is an emotional thing for me, returning back to the mother country, right? And so... I'm feeling all that, taking it all in. And she looks over to me and tap and like gives me a little like um uh you know, a little tap with her elbow. And she's like, Wow, it feels like I'm returning home. <laughs> I, <laughs> nice. I look at her and I say, What? And I just turn back around and said, Man, this is gonna be an experience. Yeah, because I, I don't think a lot of people knew this about me, but uh my father was a black panther. And uh, my mother's really Afrocentric, and I, I grew up in uh, very strong parallels growing up. So I had this extremely Afrocentric uh, 
background, at least I would think considered extremely Afrocentric background, but I went to like a all white Jesuit high school, um, then coped with a lot of religion, a lot of private private schools, and so I I was used to getting into back and forth over race and identity, and so um, coming into Mozambique, I had a lot of ideas about what that meant, and um, they were blown up as soon as I was alone in Bawani by myself uh, with no one around. Well, no one familiar. How is being black different after Peace Corps then? You you look at it a bit more nuanced. I would say um, in America, a lot of your identity, uh, at least a lot of my identity as a black man was wrapped up in me being black. Um, when you're in a country where everyone shares a similar identity or a, a, a similar familiarity, you know, it's hard to be racist on the ground in your face when like in a country full of black people. And so then I began to ask deeper questions of, well, who is Eddie really? Um, you know, the, the sometimes it will bother me that I will feel more comfortable with, you know, this 60 plus white, white group of people. And, you know, uh, I'm a black guy and I look more like, you know, someone who's in country who I'm helping. Um, and so it forced me to kind of, you know, dig deeper into who I really was and my identity. And I was, you know, young too, like mid twenties. I was wild, just trying to figure stuff out. Um, a young lady I dated, I um, I, I handled horribly uh, when she was like, she said to me, "I don't see color," and that was like a trigger word for me because I'm like, "Well, if you don't see color, you can't see me," because then you can't see, or you won't. Not even that you can't see. That's fine if you can't see, but then you won't understand me expressing um, some of the challenges that I experience here, um, based solely on how I look. So is it so is it different now in the US after is is your is Yeah, like is being have have you noticed a difference being black in America post Peace Corps? Besides just I guess your age and mm, a difference. No. It's exactly the way I knew it was. Um if anything, it's put I think America in a in a different perspective for me than I once had it. Uh to be quite honest, no, nothing has changed. Um, in fact, I think over the last couple of years, it may have gotten worse, um, it would seem. Um, so, yeah, nothing's changed, for the better, at least. All right, if you woke up tomorrow morning and it was day one of training, what do you think you'd do differently? Well, for sure, I, I wouldn't um, get so loveless. I think the, the ratio numbers and just the excitement of being there, uh, I took some missteps, so I would be a little bit more uh, impartial and open, maybe drink a little bit less. Uh, spent a lot of late nights out, like in the Masha. We were out like late night after like the first couple weeks. Um, I would journal more. And yeah, I think that's all that I would do. Uh, I think I would enjoy, enjoy it more. I would slow myself down. It was very much, I'm a competitive person, so it was very much me. I spent a lot of time thinking of, okay, what's the next thing I have to master before I get to like the next stage? What side am I going to? Um, oh, yeah, and there, there is one thing also I wanted to share that I think was unique about Bawani being close to Maputo. So what, what ended up becoming, what ended up, I think, becoming a seminal part of my experience um, in Mozambique was that I kind of got everyone's tr trauma, if it raised to the point of them coming back to the capital. So a lot of people were coming in and out 
constantly through the country. And because I was so close, um, most of the time I either get called in or I would hear about things being there. And so I really got to get a, a decent glimpse of, uh, you know, some of the challenges that were going on, particularly, I think, for female volunteers in our cohort. And there was a significant number of them. So, uh, yeah, I guess maybe in training I would get to the known our group better because I wouldn't, I didn't know how much I would become a sounding board in a lot of ways for people, you know, and their challenges. Uh, we were in country for two years. Do you think Peace Corps was a bit reckless in its placements and kind of some of the positions that that volunteers were tossed in? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, not a lot. I would say maybe 30%. Again, being close to the city, I got to uh, hear about other people's sites and the disparities, I would say, between some of the sites and some of the support. Uh, you know, some people had a person, some people didn't have a person there with them. Um, I think that added to a certain level of trauma um, for folks who I'm sure might have some PTSD. Um, since I was close to Namasha, I got to know the the new groups coming in to Mozambique really well. Um, and that was something that they, they they feared was that placement. I remember us being scared of that as well. And, and rightfully so. Some of the worst stories I think were coming from those ones who were like, I guess, in grant speech at that last mile where you couldn't get to them as easy as you can get to other people. And uh, yeah, I, I think it was reckless for sure. 30% um, at least. What was the worst thing that you did or the most trouble you could have gotten into while you were in Moe's? Uh, define worst or trouble, <laughs> however you will, and whatever you feel comfortable sharing. Hanging out with strangers, hanging out with people you didn't know well, you got to, uh, fortunately, I would get into some pretty wild situations, um, going places we shouldn't go, just being, excuse me, being young and adventurous. Um, and yeah, I think that's about as much as I probably want to share with that, I guess. It's just hanging in Maputo. Hanging in Maputo, you get a lot of cast characters, um, get a lot of people coming in for some good and some bad, some people hiding. From, from from the law <laughs> and some people not so just uh yeah being a little too open with uh you know people that you might not know as well when was the last time you thought about eddie's new friend new friend who's my new friend you don't remember that the song forrest and i made eddie's new friend i do remember the song but who was the new eddie's friend? got a new friend but who was my new friend in it? I remember the song. You know, I don't remember the person's name. Um, it was an Asian guy. <laughs> Are you talking about the guy where he got to a back and forth over a girl? And we, and we became like best friends after? I'm pretty maybe, sure. I'm maybe. pretty sure it was him. I'm pretty sure it was him. Um, well, first of all, the song was incredible. You guys had a, a bunch of incredible songs. <laughs> um and yeah we <laughs> there was definitely a couple bromances heavy bromances happening and uh if this is the guy i'm thinking about that he has a new friend yeah he was cool um <laughs> i've never had a, a friendship form that way i'm pretty sure that's the guy okay forrest so, can confirm that whenever we have his interview <laughs> oh lord forrest <laughs> be easy man don't tell all our secrets Pause. well you're lucky forrest isn't interviewing you i know yeah that too I also feel like or I Peggy, shouldn't have done or this. Peggy was in was oh, interviewing yeah. you. Peggy was one of the real You're ones. Dangerous. Yeah, Peggy had some really good times. Uh, 
<laughs> yeah, Peggy could tell a lot of things. I, I, I shouldn't have done this until Forrest and Peggy spoke. This this is poor timing. <laughs> I was thinking that 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 yours would go a lot differently if it was later on down down the road, but this is good. <laughs> it would. It would. You're absolutely correct. I would definitely All right. edit. Do you have uh you've already shared a decent amount. Do you have any more Fafoka that you can drop on us? Feel free to uh leave out names, Peace Corps feuds, whatever, something good for us. Some good Fafoka. I don't know if I have good Fafoka and I'm not the best with names, so I wouldn't <laughs> call names even if I could. Um nah, man, just you know, I loved everybody. Uh, you know, I'm a Gemini, so I think a lot of people got to see a silly side and a very serious side. Um, I wasn't the best at like expressing the emotions. I mean, we all were going through some pretty crazy shit, you know, like this is a once in a lifetime ex- uh, experience. And, um, you know, seeing so many RPCVs now uh, stateside, you know, it's always a thing like, oh, you're a Peace Corps volunteer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, cool. And um, we did some good stuff, most 15. I still here or running the people who have heard about our group. Um, I think a lot of things may have changed after we were done with Peace Corps. Um, I would have worked for Peace Corps, honestly, if it wasn't like term five-year uh, job, so that uh, lets you know how I felt about it. But no good for Foca, man. Everybody got back safely. It's not guaranteed. We have, you know, Some volunteers don't make it back. So, yeah, I love all you guys. and Hopefully time has healed wounds, if uh, any wounds still need mending. What is something you wish you would have known before you left Mozambique? That it will be 10 years before I will come back. I think that that will be the information I want to know. Because I would have handled it differently. Who knows, I'm able to stay a little bit longer, maybe not have rushed to leave. I think I was actually one of the last volunteers to leave just with how they had scheduled us to leave in those groups. I guess they figured like he's he's one of the closest to Maputo, so it will be the last one to leave. Um, so yeah, that it'll be 10 years before, you know, I get back. I always sell people on it, but you know, I haven't been back. So let's, let's get post post Peace Corps. We could easily spend an entire, like, like we could do a weekly, a weekly <laughs> podcast just about your Peace Corps and it would take us years to run out. Yeah. Nobody wants that. So you were working for the department of education though. So when we went back, you can't go straight to like State Department or like intelligence agencies as a Peace Corps volunteer. Uh, speaking with a colleague, I think they've changed that rule because it feel like, you know, some insider training or that we're spies. So uh, it probably, I don't know if it exists. If it doesn't, it probably should still exist. So I couldn't go right in. Um, and it's hard to get into the federal government. So I wasn't working in the federal government. I came back, worked in charter schools as compliance manager. I drove a medical vehicle. Um, I did all that, and then I finally fell into education again, and then Department of Ed, and then I went to the Department of Commerce. Um, that was interesting accelerators and uh, incubators for small businesses, um, helping them to test and position for scale. And um, I ended up at this currently at International Development Agency. That that's a non-government job. It's government. Yeah, so my Peace Corps experience as well as my background in uh, scale-ups and small businesses, I think merged, converged rather, at this point. And uh, that's how I got the job. So that's why I said it's kind of a full circle thing to be talking about Peace Corps because I don't think I would have the current job I have now without it. and Definitely wouldn't have the current perspective that I have without it. Uh, 
it's just eerie being in Bangladesh. And so for those who don't like Mozambique and didn't like our site placement, it can get a lot worse. Really? Oh, yeah. Hell, yeah, yeah, for sure. Mozambique had beaches, twice the coastline of California. Mozambique checks a lot of, lot of boxes. It checks a lot of boxes that some countries are working towards. Let's say that. What's your family like? They're good, my boys. A lot of energy, you know, all all over the place. Uh, my mother tell, tells me they're a lot like me. I was real mischievous when I was younger. She used to call me Dennis the Menace. Um, we were on one trip in the Bahamas, and I was, like, trying to type rope, fell into the bushes, uh, like these thorny bushes that were, like, six feet down. And I had to, the police had to get me out, and I was hospitalized for a couple of days. Just always getting into stuff. There was a sharp hill, a steep hill, rather, on the back of my aunt's house. And I rolled down it, and the, uh, it, I was going so fast when I tried to hit the brakes, the brakes popped. Flew up in the air, like no lie, flew about five feet in the air. On the opposite side, there were steps down to the basement. And so I fell another six feet down, landed on my back again, and couldn't walk for like two weeks um, in the hospital. So some perspective, I think I was in middle school when that happened. So I was always getting into little things like that. So Dennis the Menace kind of stuck for a while. I went back and looked at it, and the kid was rather devilish, so I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I like that nickname as much. <laughs> Have you, like, seen seen the, the like, the classic Dennis the Menace? It's been a while. He was pretty much trying to kill people, it looked like. It was worse than Home Alone. What's your family do for fun? Well, I like to be out in nature, so we always going on walks, always looking at new places to eat. Museums, I love museums. No matter where I go, I I, uh, I I find museums. Philadelphia Art Museum is one of my favorites. Chicago has some amazing ones. Visiting each and every African American museum that I can find. Um, yeah, so they kind of kind of take on some of my interests there. Uh, I'm a basketball fan as well, so we go to a lot of stadiums um, and watch games anytime. So with Ed, I had a lot of domestic travel. Now it's changing now with more international development travel. So they don't, they can't come with me as much. Um, but yeah, yeah. Just learning new things. And really, I think I'm really inquisitive. So, you know, I've like 12 books by the nightstand that I don't, you know, haven't gotten to that I want to read. So just finding out new things. There's also an aviation museum out, out here in Chantilly, Virginia that I've been to once. That was really good. And I'm excited to go back out there. If anybody was looking for something to do. That's in the area. Yeah. What do you guys like to like to do? Pass the time. Uh, hold on, man. You're hijacking. You know, you, you know, I know, you're hijacking I know. your interview. <laughs> I thought I could slide it in there. All right. Go ahead. And then and then you're working from home. I was. I was. Now I'm going to the office a little bit more. So the the plan was to to do the Bangladesh trip and then I would start coming in like one or two days a week. Um, to get some of that, you know, that in-person FaceTime. So, uh, yeah, but for the last two years, I was, you know, at home, working remote, taking care of kids. It was, it was a really challenging time, but you got to spend a lot of good family time. So it's a trade-off there, I guess. Yeah. But your kids are, are staying home. They're not in daycare. No, no daycare. Yeah, for anyone that doesn't have kids, it is extremely difficult to work at home when kids are home. Absolutely. A lot of trading off, giving one kid off to the other. Uh, my mother and aunt have been extremely helpful. Like, they'll come over for certain days. Um, 
And so, yeah, we're making it work, but uh, it's getting a lot easier because my son soon will be in preschool. So we'll uh, have a little bit more time. Anybody want to babysit? Let me know. What's your wife's name? Alicia. And what's she like? Let's see. Quiet. Very thoughtful. She can be uh, serious at times, but open to adventure. Yeah, just, just a good partner. Like, always has my back. Um, has motivated me to, you know, continue to push and to do things that I, you know, didn't think that I would do. Um, yeah, just, you know, a great, like a best friend. I, I, you know, I feel like a best friend. We spend a lot of time together. We never get tired of each other. And that's something that, you know, I haven't shared with anybody else. Is she at home working? Oh, she leaves the house. She goes in about three days a week. I tell you, like, daddy daycare in here. Like, daddy daycare in here sometimes, man. Yeah, man, you're really doing I call it. Oh, my mother, like, hey, mom, please help me, help me. But it was easier doing the dog days of the pandemic because everything was, like, slowed down. But now that things are starting to pick back up over, like, the last year and a half, um, it's not manageable anymore. There is no excuse to have your kids at home when you're working at home anymore. Exactly. So what else would you like to share about about your life post Peace Corps? Nothing much. Just like as as I continue to age, you know, life has its patterns revealed to you, I think. And I'm seeing those patterns. There's a little kid named Duivon who used to come into my house. I literally, when I first got to Peace Corps, I think he might have been six, seven months. And his parents just let him wander around. And so he used to come into my uh, home because I would like have my door open all the time um where people could come in and they would usually knock but him being a baby he would just walk in and he didn't know much english and i didn't know much portuguese so we were able to hang out have conversations and i see so many similarities in him that i now see in my son my firstborn son and so uh it's just little things like that that i'm still working international development you know there's uh i I do believe there's a cosmic order and there's you know something to what's put in front of you it's your decision to to take it or you know to keep going but you know, there's a, there's a pattern here, and so just that uh, Mozambique helped help uh help me to see that in a lot of those quiet moments by yourself, um, that's hard to get. You know, in the hustle and bustle of everyday life that we have here in America. Have you have you seen anything working in the development that makes you excited or hopeful for the future? Sometimes, sometimes, um, I'm 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 rather cynical. Um, I don't, I can't really share exactly what I'm hopeful about just because we have grants that are wide ranging. I don't want to like highlight any particular one and, and, and like, you know, shed the shade, uh, cast and shade rather on another. So, uh, but I, I would say the hope isn't in the activity. It's in the people on the ground, the field work, the, the people who are like putting in the sweat equity. That's a, uh, I hope I'm not sounding too like professional here, but this is like, we talk this all the time, like last miles talk. And so it's um it's in the people, it's in the stuff like we did and going in and not thinking you're going to change everything. There's cultures there, and I think in our peace corps group, one of the things that used to irritate me to no end were those volunteers, and we had them, some of them in our group who thought they were coming in and they were going to change the world, and that they knew the right way. And um, I feel like that's a very eastern, very selfish and a negative, selfish way of looking at um, development. And that, you know, we don't have all the right ways. Look at, you know, look at some of our outcomes. Let's be real. 
Um, and so I'm hopeful because they're, pe they're really smart and dedicated people who are continuing to, to push the agenda forward. And um, there's selfless people like the 70 plus of us that went to Mozambique on the whim. Um, none of us have been there before and, you know, trying to make a difference. Just don't think you have the, oh, you're the only one with the answers, you know, because when we leave, you know, the people who stay behind, who have to live with your decisions. There's a book I started listening to recently. The title is The Journey of Humanity, The Origins of Wealth and Inequality. It's it's by an economist that's at Brown. I think you would like it. It's it's kind of like guns, germs, and steel or sapiens. His main focus is about the institutions, and the, he kind of identifies how some aspects of it are random, and other, you know, just other cultural things are going on. But that it's the institutions that are really setting up um, nations and and groups of people to to acquire wealth and technological advances. And oh, absolutely. And a lot of them are institutions that are based in the, the country that they're serving. I mean, I don't want to call out any specific names, but I mean, just look around and see who, you know, whose hands are in who pocket. And it becomes pretty clear that interest can get a little, little funny out there. Um, I'm definitely going to check out that book. I love John, Guns, Germs, and Steel, by the way. All right, Eddie. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks a lot, man. This, this was a great conversation. Um, thanks for making time. Yeah, man. Thanks for thanks for creating this space, man. This this is going to be really fun. Yeah, it, you know, it's definitely been fun for me. It seems the people that have given me feedback are are pretty excited about it. So, oh yeah, 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 yeah. I couldn't imagine someone wouldn't be. And by the way, you look like you haven't aged. Besides those extra grays in your beard, you look exactly the same. Oh, thanks, man. So whatever you're doing, keep keep on doing it. I've recently been been a little more diligent about about. Um, getting back in shape, trying to maintain my, my hobby now is, is trying to anti-age, prevent aging, postpone yeah. aging, whatever. Same for me. Cause this is the only vessel that we have. And, you know, I've gained like all this weight sitting down at a desk all day and, you know, chasing a um, paper, <laughs> chasing green paper, you know, you lose factor. Like you can't enjoy any of it if you don't have a, a healthy vessel to, to get you uh, back and forth. So yeah, I, I'm on that same page. And hopefully by the time you're done with this project, I'll uh, be a lot more fit. There you go. That's the goal. Yeah, it's time stamped it. Put some pressure on myself. Yeah. <laughs> take take the boys out walking. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's definitely on the list. It's a lot of good trails out here too. A lot of good trails. I was an Eagle Scout and so I did a lot of hiking um during my time as scouts. So I love being out in the middle of the woods with nothing going on. That's a lie. I, I just lied there. I didn't love hiking at all. Where'd that come from? <laughs> I don't I didn't like it at all when I was doing well, it. I guess well now you're projecting. You know, you wanna yeah. you know, you wanna think that that you liked it. <laughs> right. I wanna be that guy that likes getting lost in the woods. Yeah. <laughs> what is it? Justin Timberlake, I was man in the woods. I like Not that familiar with Justin Timberlake. <laughs> Neither am I, but hey. So it came to mind. All right, guys, be candid. Let's enjoy this. This is this is awesome. Go, Jimbo. All right, peace. All right, brother. Peace.
that awkward taste of shit that you can't eat. Don't call the doctor cause there ain't no cure. Just stay away or you're here once more. I got two shot cups and a bottle of wine. Back in my place, we can go anytime. I got mozzarella cheese that we can't fry. I'm begging you, please. Give it a try. I'm drunk and I'm horny. I got nothing to lose. I spent game all night and I bought girls booze. Like, oh my God, you're so pretty. But she blew me off, so I'll hang with Penny. This is Shane from Mo16, Shimoyu. James was very generous to give me a minute here to speak about Friends of Mozambique, which is a 501c3 nonprofit founded by Mo's RPCVs, is a way of continuing to make a positive impact in Mozambique post-Peace Corps service. The most important thing that we do is fund small grants to community groups in Mozambique. Projects have ranged from everything from teaching girls to code to youth empowerment through soccer. As a small organization, we are very intentional about choosing small, always less than $1,500, but impactful projects to get the most bang for our donors' buck. The best thing about Friends of Moe's is that 100% of donations go directly to projects in Mozambique. We have essentially zero overhead and have a great board, including former country director Carl Swartz, Peace Corps staff Ophelia Shuva, and uh, several RPCVs who you may know. If you want to learn more about Friends of Mo's, go to friendsofmozambique.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. We're not on the TikTok yet, but maybe one day. You can learn more about our projects and make a donation if you are able. We guarantee your donations. We'll be making a huge impact in Mozambique. Um, thanks, everyone. Estamos juntos.